Greetings from freezing cold Canberra. What is it, Meg 6 or something? Yeah, something Jesus like that. Jesus Christ. Tonight, Fright Night. Hmm. 1985. But before we get to that, Jared. Yes. Again, as we said last week, no Gibbo. No. Personal life, still. Yeah, yeah he's still, got, really. still, still got things on. Yeah, He hasn't been through the HR department <laughs> just yet. We just want to do a little bit of up or down. Yep. Okay. First one on the, on the list for me, I believe it comes out next week, is it? Next week or the week after, is Dunkirk, the yep. Christopher Nolan picture. Mm-hmm. Um, stars Tom Hardy. Yep. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I've okay. got a little bit of a thing for... Decent war movies. Yeah. I like my Black Hawk Downs and my Saving Private Ryan's. Yep. This looks more along that line. Mm-hmm. Less Pearl Harbor, more, <laughs> <laughs> more Black Hawk Down. And Noah's a great filmmaker. So to me, he might get me through the door here. Listen, it, mate, Affleck and Cuba in the same movie. Surely, <laughs> no. surely that's doing the job for you. <laughs> nah, it's not. No. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'm a no. You're one. a no on this one? You're, no. you're on, on streaming? It's left me cold. It's left it's me cold. A witch's tit. Cold in a witch's tit. Colder than the current temperature that we're sitting in at the moment. Yeah. Um, Nothing about it does anything for I've seen them. I saw the previews and I just... It just didn't grab me. It just didn't... Um, I, I mean, I'll probably get to it eventually because I think Nolan's an excellent excellent filmmaker. Um, although I haven't seen his last couple. I haven't of seen Interstellar. I haven't seen um, since... I haven't watched his movies since uh, Dark Knight uh, Rises. Yeah, because I don't think he's had... Interstellar's the only one he's had yeah. since then. So, yeah, I didn't see Interstellar. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen... And I probably won't see this one at the cinema. I heard so good I just, things about it. I don't know. I don't, I don't dislike him. I think Tom Hardy's an excellent actor too. But I just saw the preview and just... It I left just, you cold. It I was not. It was not Fate of the Furious, mate. Uh, <laughs> it's a three-minute preview, and I was on the phone. Thirty seconds in. No. Um, yeah, no. Look, it didn't do the job. Yeah, a couple more submarines chasing down cars. Um, you know, yeah, wrecking course. balls, things yeah, like that. That'll get me through the door. Triple X excited me more. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it, it didn't. Bullshit. I can't, I can't, I can't, to be honest, it did not. Um, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably not there. Okay, I got another one for you. I threw it out at you mm-hmm. before we came on. It's called, it's got a stupid name, right? Uh, but I mean, I mean, it's called Happy up. Death Day. Yep. And it comes out in October this year. Uh-huh. Now it's a Bloomhouse. Yep. Right. Directed by a guy called Christopher Landon. Who... I thought you were going to say Christopher Lambert. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Christoph Lambert. It's a kind of magic. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> guy called Christopher Landon. Yeah. Um, he wrote, uh, I think he might have written Disturbia, and uh-huh. he also wrote and directed the Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. So he's got a bit of a checking, checking, <laughs> checking history. <laughs> but the premise of this is a good idea. Uh-huh. It's basically the female protagonist wakes up on her birthday, is killed that night by a, a, a slasher. Once she dies, she wakes up at the start of that day again. And again right. and again and Groundhog again. Day. It's like Groundhog Day yep. or Age of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But in the slasher context, she's got to then work out who's, who's why is this person going to kill her? Who is it? Yeah. Looks like a great idea to Excellent me. Excellent idea. And this is Blumhouse all the way, mate. Yep. This is the kind of thing they do. They get a good idea and they let you run with it and then it costs fuck all. <laughs> and it probably is probably going to end up on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but the words of Chappelle, I wish I had more hands <laughs> so I could give those titties four thumbs up. <laughs> 
It's a thumbs up on it's the air. It's a thumbs up. Mainly, as you said, if it was based on the filmmaker, we're starting from a we're starting from negative. But Bloomhouse, I always call him Blumhouse. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is Bloomhouse. Yeah, Blumhouse. I watch just about anything they put out because even the ones that I don't particularly like, for example, The Invitation, I believe that was a Bloomhouse. They just they interest me. The ideas interest me. I find them more interesting than just a flat out slasher film that 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 falls flat. They've got angles and and interesting ideas that work. Hush was another one that I enjoyed. Didn't quite work, but didn't it was quite interesting. Hit the mark, but I really enjoyed watching it and had a great idea that that put a new spin on things. Yeah. This just sounds like a great idea too, um, and I just trust that I trust that studio. They know what yeah. they're doing. So yeah, I'm in. Trust that company. Yeah, I'm definitely in. Yeah, I'm definitely in. I think it just looks like a really smart idea. How it goes is going to depend upon how well they work the idea. Yeah. But to me, it's another good, good quality idea. Yeah. By a company that's going to do it on the cheap. So it's got to have some sort of mystery element to it. Yeah. Sounds a bit like source code, where he's kind of piecing bits together as he goes. Yeah. And then trying to go back and find it. Yeah. Same as uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Tomorrow where he has to try and work out how to work his way through. Yeah. Yeah. So definite thumbs up for me. All right, we'll take a break, and here's the trailer for 1985's Fright Night. Something moved in next door that isn't human. They did kill a girl over there. It's horrifying. It's unspeakably evil. And now it knows that you know. Fright Night. If you love being scared, it'll be the night of your life. Rated R. Sneak preview Friday night. Check newspapers for theaters. Fright Night. Wasn't Blumhouse. 1985. Idiot. Written and directed by Tom Holland, who did Child's Play and Thinner, and produced by Herb Jaff, who did Demon Seed and Motel Hell. It stars Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge, William Ragsdale as Charlie Brewster, Amanda Burse as Amy Peterson and Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent. The budget was $9 million and the box office was $24.9 million in the US. Now, although Ragsdale and Bercy were playing teenagers, he was 24 and she was 27. Excellent. During filming. So yep. Obviously, I went to Billy Hills 90210. <laughs> yep. All right, I'm going to kick this one off. I've I'm, I'm got nostalgia for this film. This this goes back to my youth. Yep. It's got a really enjoyable plot, like, and it's a really fun type of idea, and some good performances. But it's kind of let down by some really poor characterizations, and the last forty minutes, I'm not going to lie, they just go overboard with the special effects. And even by 80 standards, those effects don't cut the mustard, mate. Some of them are terrible. Absolutely terrible. Mm. And I just thought to myself, I remember this being better. Like the the last half of it being much better than I remember when watching it this time. Yep. It's three out of five. Nostalgia gets it to us over, over, it's better than a, you know, 50 50 for me. Yeesh. Lay the boot. No, I'm not laying the slipper in. I just, <laughs> I just remember it being a lot better. It is fun, and it's a fun premise. I actually disagree. I think this time when I watched it, 
it was a bit more exciting down the stretch. Really? Yeah. It is kind of thin. Like, the premise is there, and then it's kind of just you're running with these characters and having a bit of fun with them. And I actually thought the effects were okay, too. There's a couple of notable exceptions, which might be the same ones as you're talking about, but I thought there was a couple of really good There was a couple bits. of good ones um, involving the wolf yeah. that I thought were pretty good. Yep. I think Dandridge looked like a fucking ape. Yeah, Dandridge. When he uh, was when he was fully, yeah, vamped up. Well, there was a couple of Dandridge was actually one of my dislikes at one particular point. I think the performances are pretty good yeah. for the most part. There's a again, there's a couple that I'm not all that interested in. One in particular. One in particular, oh, right? Yeah. I think I know who you're yeah. talking about. It's actually I, I probably. Ended up at a three and a half. Roddy McDowell is probably, for mine, the star of the show. Yes. Chris Sarandon, also very yeah. good. And they kind of carry it through certain patches. But interestingly enough, this time around, I'd only just re- recently read an article on bloomhouse.com mm. about the sort of homosexual subtext. <laughs> and I've got to say... You think you saw a homosexual subtext? Mate, it's absolutely, like, definitely. It seems the subtext is that Charlie is possibly homosexual. Dandridge is kind of like the... It's kind of gay panic. (laughs) (laughs) It's around that time frame of the 80s, 80s. Movie were you watching? No, mate, I, I'll tell you. Is this because you again. had some insider knowledge of this? Well, through this Bloomhouse, I didn't really have Apple. insider knowledge other than this is what might be there. And I'll tell you, it's fucking there, all right. It's front and center. It's another one of those ones where I probably watched this before and didn't pick up on any of it. But once someone else tells me, but it's definitely there, and I've got. If you want me to just, before we go into the likes and dislikes, yeah. I'll just lay it out to lay, you. Lay it out to me, mate. In the first 10 minutes, yeah. okay, we've got Amy sort of, her and Charlie are sort of getting hot and heavy, and then she, no, we can't. Then she offers herself up. He starts peeking out the window at his new neighbour, yeah, okay? Yeah. Evil Ed makes comments such as, did she finally find out what you're like? His mum actually says about Dandridge, with my luck, he's probably gay. <laughs> That's 10 minutes in, okay, all right? Okay. We've got this. Then there's also things like when he's talking to um, Amanda Beers about how he's sorry that he turned her down. She uses the line, I'm glad we're getting this straight now. Uh, Evil Ed's interest in, in him, the, the fact that he's got another male in the house that he sort of... Yeah, yeah that sort of looks after him, like kind of like his eagle yep. type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Dandridge also starts talking to Evil Ed and starts saying, I know what it's like to be different. Just take my hand. It's all there. And not only that, Roddy McDowell pretty much accepted as being gay, although he kept it quiet. Amanda Bierce, gay. Evil Ed did gay porn. Right. So it's it's there, mate. You, you watch so it. So two plus two equals four? Well, it's sort of once you, once you kind of get it through that lens, it's it's... It's hard not to see it. I mean, look, I wasn't looking for it. Admittedly, and I, mean, like I hadn't read the article and I wasn't really thinking about it. Vampires are totally... Um, vampires... Uh, yeah, there's a sexual element to vampires. There's always a sexual always. element to vampires. Mm. 
Can't watch it again, mate. <laughs> you, you but does that mean he's swinging both ways? Because yeah, yeah, they he nudes up with uh, some bird early on. Yeah, yeah. Well, my um, my take on it is yeah that it's well he's got he's got women there, and the thing that they put in this article is that bisexual, and he's kind of trying to sort of seduce those guys in a way, and then the end of it is as I said, gay panic. Charlie sort of turns away from it in the end and is heterosexual. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trust yeah, me, mate. Yeah, you watch it again. I better... <laughs> you watch it and it's kind of... When it's when it's there in, in the front of your mind, it's kind of like... It's hard not to see it. What was going on in 85? <laughs> Elm Street 2 was also in 85. <laughs> Although I don't believe, as far as I know, no one that's been involved in the writing of Fright Night has out and out come out and said, yeah, yeah, that was there. But it's there, all right. All right. Well, that's an interesting it is. way to look at it. It is definitely an interesting way to look at it. Okay, look, uh, as far as likes are concerned, I think the plot is is kind of a cool sort of mix of rear window. Yep. And then sort of hammer those hammer horror sort of characters. Yeah. You know, the the, the the Dracula is classic Dracula. Yeah. You know, he does the things that Dracula always did. I was actually um, going to say the same thing about this. This plot always seems to work to some extent. Even a movie like Disturbia that I didn't think was all that great, it had some good points to it. But this whole thing about, oh, I saw my neighbour do yeah. something. Um, and this is kind of the only one that I recall being like a monster you know my yeah, neighbor's yeah. a monster of some sort like it's mostly uh, it was a murderer or yeah something yeah like murderer or yeah. somebody so it's it's kind of cool to see it in that in that light being a you know a horror fan and certainly coming up through that period in the 80s with things like elvira and all that i, I kind of dug i sort of dug on the late night horror show Host, yeah, you know, Peter Vincent, yeah, that was awesome, and it's kind of in a way, it's sort of a little bit before its time, in that it was kind of calling an end to that, in a way, yeah, that this bloke's washed up and he's a hack, um, and he's a hack, and he gets cancelled and then sort of comes back a little bit, but yeah. um, yeah, it was sort of calling time on that, and as you said, it's a really cool link to that era. I mean, we in Australia, we didn't really have that other than the sort of Elvira reruns. No, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get that. I mean, it's an, it's probably a more American. It's definitely an American situation, thing, but, but as a horror fan, you are acutely aware. You're of aware of it, yeah. A cool little throwback. Sarandon is really good as Jerry, and Roddy McDowell is really good as Peter. Yes, um, I think Sarandon gives is the perfect sort of blend of charm and menace. Yeah, you know, he's the kind of guy that could sort of charm you into doing something. Yeah, but then he's also quite menacing when he gets decked out in the full kit. Yeah, you see him, but then the intro to him. In the house yeah. is actually really cool as well because they have some really sort of nice sort of camera work where they start, you know, they start on his hands tapping on the side of the couch and then get him sort of peering mm. around. But it also throws in that his mum has just ruined his best yeah. defence yeah. by inviting, inviting him, him into in. the house. I um, like so that. that whole intro was really cool. But yeah, he does a he does an excellent job as as. Uh, but I actually think, and this is my opinion, and, and I'll, I'll get to it in the dislikes. I actually think the movie would have worked better from um, Peter Vincent's perspective. Really? I think he was the more interesting character. Yeah, but then you didn't have the gay subtext, mate. No. <laughs> you could have um, you could have got that in there. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean is 
Peter Vincent was the more interesting character, the washed-up actor who would do anything for a buck. I mean, basically, yeah. he, he didn't want a bar of them, and then she said, I've got 500 bucks, I'll do it. Yeah, he says, yeah. you know, like he would just, he would take a gig, even though yeah. he didn't know what he was getting into. Plus, he was a he was a has been. Yeah, I actually think I kind of I think I, it was a I really interesting way to do it. Yeah, I sort of I sort of liked how how it worked as is. Oh no, it worked. But my dislike is the reason why I would have preferred. Yeah, it went to Peter Vincent because Vincent was the more interesting of the characters. Yeah, but I think you throw him into that main role. Yeah, you and don't. Maybe it's not quite so I mean, interesting. We're talking. We're talking about bringing in to a like this movie was made for the MTV sort of generation yeah. and the young kids, and that's why it came from that perspective. Yeah, and you've got to have. I mean, essentially, he's in it enough. I mean, if you start to explore his backstory too much, perhaps he doesn't. Yeah, maybe not. But you know? I just found him really interesting. As opposed yeah. to the others, he was he was uh, for mine. He was the standout. He, he's he's just the best characterization to me. Yeah. Again, maybe getting ahead of myself. I just I found Charlie to be a real prick. Charlie was he was an a, just probably a the least interesting. Of he all. just started yeah like he was just an he was just a bastard. Yeah. The whole time. So well, his whole his whole motivation was um, before his sort of girlfriend gets taken his whole motivation was this guy's a vampire and I've got to scream at you until you believe me yeah you know, so like it's sort of it's well, now we're getting ahead of ourselves there yeah. but I, I did like um, Chris Sarandon and Ronnie McDowell it just brings a you know a touch of class to the proceedings yes due to their you know they their, carry it they've yeah. got a bit more sort of knowledge and, and, and ability I actually really love the house too his house when they actually get into it it suits sort of perfectly. It's got this kind of churchy, sort of gothic feel to it. The big stairs. I love the, the um, also, you know, having one of those cellars. Yes. With the doors and that, and that's yeah. where the coffin goes. I think that sort of really sort of gives this, it's quite creepy. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, uh, every time you see it from the exteriors at, at night time, they've all got the smoke pouring off it, and it really captures this old monster movie vibe really yeah. well. Yeah, they so do sort really of fits in the, you know, the exact movies that, as, as they're trying to go for, that... What's happening next door is straight out of one of those movies that he's watching Peter Vincent introduce, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so that works really well. I like the point of view stuff with the Jerry as a bat. Yeah. In yeah. the early stages. It's kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. And it means that they don't have to show unconvincing effects to start with. Because bat work would have been very difficult back then, I would have thought, to show it. Yeah, you because know, they would have probably either gone with a puppet or they would have gone with a. Uh, matte painting or one of those yeah. type of things and it would have looked really really shitty mm-hmm. so they went with the point of view and it works works yep. really nicely so the next on my list is you're gonna you're gonna stomp all over it but I had the effects no all look I'm time. not gonna stomp all over it I thought some of the effects were okay yeah but the wolf one in particular yeah that was cool when it was sort really of stuck good. in his chest and he slowly turns back into a human mm-hmm. the facial work on evil Ed yeah. Works for me. The facial work on Amanda Bierce. Yeah, that worked better. At the end. Because um, they didn't overdo it. Yeah, but hers, that when it gets down to the bones of it and it's that really wide, yeah. wide mouth thing. It was thing, terrible. Um, I, I actually thought that was all right when you didn't see it all up close and the look was pretty creepy. I mean, that poster is still one of those ones yeah. where you walk through the horror section and it's a little bit 
Yeah. But I think they nailed that sort of creepiness there. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a couple of points. I, I there's had, some there's, stuff later there's a, on. There's bar a couple of exceptions. But as you said, it was a $9 million movie, which isn't huge. But for the time, it's pretty good. But also, I think it's, I think, sort of, I think it's a bit of a, we, 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 we've got all this practical effects, you know, making gross effects. You know, Tom Savini, the Tom Savini effect, you know. Yep. Once we got going at, at practical stuff, I think that there was a, obviously it was getting shoved into a lot of horror films mm. to make things look as cool as possible. And I just felt that they went overboard. I actually, in the second say, half of the I film. actually really like the guy on the stairs. Although there's parts of that that look very creaky, creaky by today's standards, mm. I thought it suited the the tone of it, like how he kind of melted to that green goopy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then it's kind just... of a skeleton. That... Maybe it was kind of going for that, like what they were trying to show with the Peter Vincent. I think film. there was definitely an element of cheese to parts of it. That one in particular, yeah. I like felt. maybe the they Evil were trying one, to sort of touch to it. The Evil Ed one, not so much. The faces to the vampires. Yeah, that's kind of where it falls down. At I think that we'll that's that a mistake. In the, in the yeah. I like the fact that because Jerry's a vampire, nobody's going to believe him. Yeah. Nobody. Like, if you said that my next door neighbour killed somebody, yep. the police could search the place. You know, they could search it. They could look more closely into the person's background. Mm-hmm. You're saying that this person's a vampire. Nobody's yeah. gonna believe you, and the the good thing they do is they bring the cops into it twenty minutes in. Yes, and then they just debunk the whole thing, and Who's the cops the cop just. Again? I can't remember um, where it was from. He was in Die Hard too. Die Hard, that's it. So they debunk that immediately, which is great. It's a really good way to do it. Get that out of the way. We know that he cannot be protected by the police. Yeah, and the only bloke that's gonna believe you is. Some ball bag that doesn't believe you but has a reason to get there. Oh, yeah, this is an acting job. I'm the vampire hunter. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, shit. <laughs> yeah, he realised he is actually legitimate. That works pretty well. There's a couple of nice little shots when um, Gandridge enters his house after being invited in. Yes. And you just see in the background, Charlie's looking out the window. Yeah. And in the background, the closet just goes... Yep. And he just comes out. And he sort of looks like he's... Floating kind almost. of up behind yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It was a really nice touch. I also really like the um, where they're running away from him and he's just sort of appearing in front of them. Yeah. And behind him. There was a couple of cool shots in those. Uh, and, and when he chases down Evil Ed as well, there's a yeah. couple of really cool shots in those stretches. And again, that had all that fog and smoke and stuff in, mm. involved in it. So it, it definitely just sort of nicely all, touched on it. It all hit that tone. As I said before, I just like the way it summed up Peter Vincent with five hundred dollars cash. Mm. You know, I mean, the bloke I'll was just it. a scumbag. <laughs> he, just, he could not give a shit. Well, I love he, it though. Because his assumption about... is the guy's not a vampire. Yeah, this is the yeah. easiest five hundred bucks. I'll dribble it on about a Hollywood roll of that uh, yeah. five hundred dollars. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, like I like that. I thought that summed him up. Yeah. As a character. And that's why I kind of liked him as a character. Yeah. I found him kind of endearing. And it's to totally, movie. it's kind of, it's sort of legit. Yeah. About how, you know, how do we get this guy in? And they're dribbling about vampires. And he's like, your friend's insane. And I look at it, you know. Yeah. And then the cash comes out. Right. Uh, we've got to get this guy, you know, starts angling the plan about, you know, the, the holy water and yeah, all this yeah. sort of shit. Like it, I did like that. And, and and to sort of segue off that, I just love the fact that they use classic vampire tropes. Yeah. Coffins, sleeping in coffins, crosses, holy water. Mirrors. Mirrors. And there's a really good shot of 
them in the nightclub dancing, and then it shows. He looks over. She looks over at the mirror, the mirrored wall, mm. as they dan- as she's yeah, dancing she's with him, and she's alone. dancing on on a spire by herself. Yep, yep. I thought that was a really cool shot. I also love that eighty five nine eighty five um, nightclub. Oh, I love strobe lights, pop music, I and the guy out of Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Yeah, 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 on the door. Yeah, I loved how they looked like WWF wrestlers. They had the Hulk Hogan sort of tank tops. They both had bald heads and mustaches. <laughs> I swear, one of them was Bad News Brown. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of bad fashions in there. Oh, shocking in parts, but yeah, that was really cool. That, yeah. that sequence. I actually do like the fact that he bit her. Yeah. He actually bit her. Like, he didn't... It wasn't the old classic of he's going to bite her and we've got to get there in time and yeah. stop. He'd already done it. And it took their kind of spin on it that before sun comes up, yeah. you've got to free her from the curse kind Which of... Which is the... And that, I'm assuming that's a trope. Well, it put, a, it put a timeline on it too, yeah. that the sun's coming up. If we don't fix this before then, she's gone. And yeah. So that, that all works really well too because it puts a... It puts them in, in a corner. you got to do it now or never, basically, you know. I really like that. I, I got a good, solid laugh out of how when um, Peter tries to use the cross on him. Yes. And he just crushes it. And then he says, you've got to have faith for that to work on me. And then he knocks Charlie uh, uh, out. Yeah. And yeah. Peter just fucking turns and high yeah. out of there. <laughs> right, that's it. He's uh, not hanging around Go here. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, and I thought the death by sunlight. Just a yeah. fitting way to kill him. Like, it was the right way to do it because they'd already set that timeline Visually, in it works really cool, too. And, as yeah, as you said, once it was kind of heading towards daylight, you had you had that in play. I've got, a, I've got one big problem with that, which I'll get to, but I really like that finale. It worked really well and sort of the way that they turned that room into, you know, they start bashing the windows yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and they cornering him. The, and yeah, yeah, that and works out. The, the light. Is coming through at odd angles and that yeah. getting him sort of caught up. Works well. Any other likes for you? That was it for me. Yeah, I. That's me. Covered. Covered. Dislikes. I feel you're going to have a few more than me. Yeah. Look. Straight out of the blocks for me, it was um, Amanda Bess and her performance. Not good enough for you. The first stuff in the in the bedroom where they're, you know, where she's. Cranky and leaving and stuff. It's terrible. Really I just bad. couldn't separate her from Married with Children. Married with Children. <laughs> That's a um, bit harder. Which, now. yeah, is a little bit harder, but I, I didn't have too big a problem with her. Evil Ed. She sort of settles problem. in. Yeah, she sort of settles in. She's better as, as it goes along. When she gets uh, caught up with. Yeah. Early on, I, c- I couldn't cop it. Yeah. Right up to the past where she's, you know, squashing burgers in his face. <laughs> um, Evil Ed, you got a, you got problems with Evil Ed? Oh my god, he's a div- divisive sort of. Uh, he's a pres- pr- He's a knob. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Okay, all right. He's just ah, uh, something about him is extremely obnoxious. Yeah. There's not really anything to like about him. You don't really feel any sympathy for him, and you're kind of supposed to. I when actually he dies. did, in a way, because <laughs> the, the reason and the I felt acting sympathy... by the guy is just atrocious. No wonder he was in gay oh, Look, it's over the top. He's over the top, but I, I don't know. Was he supposed to be like? If I you, don't know. If like... you're getting told to tone that down by the director, you probably tone it down. But I think I actually um, there was some sympathy for me because the bloke's treated like shit. I mean. Charlie pays him fucking $8. To, he's like, 
What can I get you to do to help me? Here's eight bucks. <laughs> Come on. I need 20 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you throw an eight dollars out there, give me a fucking two for one voucher or something to go with it. Like, Jesus. The problem is that Charlie's also a prick. Yeah. So it kind of, it's really difficult. And this is why I talked about Peter Vincent. Yeah. Is that it's really difficult to feel that connection with that crew, yeah. right? Well, and the problem that you, we've now pointed out, as we've spoken for the last two minutes, we've we've pointed out performances and characterizations of the three mains, yeah, that we don't we didn't like. I actually, and that's trouble. Look, I, look, my thing with Evil Ed is I, I didn't have as much of an issue with him is because. His behaviour, in a way, kind of fit for me because he's an outcast. Yeah, kind of. So it's sort of like he, you know, when he's when he's talking to Charlie and then Charlie's like, oh, piss off or something like that, you kind of get it because he's kind of annoying and um, needles at him a little bit. But, as you said, Charlie comes across as a bit of a prick. So, for me, there was a bit of sympathy there for Ed. I'm like, obviously Charlie's... You know, done this to him previously, and then so then when he gets turned out, turned to a vampire, yeah. and he's coming after Peter Vincent, it's kind of sad. There's, a, there's an element of sadness when he, you know, when he when he um is talking about, uh, he's talking to Peter Vincent about. I can't even remember what he's saying, but it's sort of it's this opening to, you're not gonna fucking push me around anymore. Yeah. Basically, I'm not gonna be treated like shit. Then the wolf thing is actually. That one gets to you a little bit. I think. So you must have. You didn't. You obviously didn't, I didn't get that. that. No. I mean, I didn't see the gay subtext. Oh, so I way more. It's not all. It's not all about that. <laughs> there were, I've got to say, there was part of that. But because the pro- evil Ed is kind of unrequited love in a way, because you can tell he's kind of obsessed with Charlie. Yeah. Which is a little bit. But the problem you get is you, we've we've got problems with all three of those characters. Yeah. Right? To some extent. To some extent. Had whether it's the performance of the actors, yeah. whether it's the characterizations, there's issues with all three of them. Yeah. And so this is why I was saying Peter Vincent is the most rounded, I guess. Partially yeah. because Roddy McDowell's obviously a far better actor. So he could that just helps. shape it <laughs> he shapes it better. Yeah. But he's also I kinda dug the fact that, you know, he's this washed up goose who he's desperate for a job. Yeah. And he takes this job under the proviso that these kids are talking out of their ass. But if you but take they're it, not the thing is if you take it from his angle you completely change all this introductory stuff about yeah. Charlie seeing Dan exactly what he's doing. So, you, th- so th- th- think, it, it, you can see why it was done the way it was done. Yeah, and I think the the testament to that is in the remake, Vincent works pretty well again when he's that kind of crusade style, crusade You know, like it's. Uh, I think he's placed pretty well where he is. But the thing about it is, if Charlie was a better bloke, which I think they do a better job in the remake yeah. of making Charlie more sympathetic and yep. more normal. Because mm. Charlie turns into an absolute lunatic and he treats his missus like shit. Like, That's you because know, he's, he's gay. He's not really interested. No, but you know, he treats his girlfriend like shit. 
He spends a heap of the movie just babbling about vampires. Yeah. At one point they come home, he's got the place jock full of garlic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you Which get... looked cool from a design standpoint when he's got all the candles yeah. and everything, but yeah. But you get, you get hauled down to the psych ward for that that's kind the point, of shit. That's the point where I'm walking out of the room going, fuck, mate, I've tried. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah. I, I, it's, this is beyond me. I'm calling in the, the wagon. Yeah, because that sort of stuff goes too far. Yeah. And I believe, again, in the remake... They tapered that. Yeah. They pulled back on a lot of that. But again, like that scene works because the whole design of it looks yeah. Yeah, like an old monster like hunter. Like an old monster movie, hunter film, but. yeah. So it, it kind of worked in the 80s, the fact that this was made in the 80s and it was a sort of a homage to the 60s or 50s mm. Hammer films. But I just found Charlie to be really difficult to like. Yes. And once you get there, you have problems believing his, I don't know, his story. Well, you only kind of go with it because you're witnessing it with him. So you're kind of, in a way, just going, come on, just somebody believe him so he can sort of push the plot along a little yeah. bit. But he, as you said, he's sort of, he is a bit annoying. He treats he treats Ed like shit. He treats his girlfriend like yeah, shit. Yeah. He's just yelling at everyone, that this guy's a vampire. Yeah. Just, you know, and it's, as you said, as a result, Peter Vincent is the best character in there. Hmm. Dandridge is far more interesting than he is too. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Dandridge is the most interesting, but you couldn't tell it from that perspective because yeah. you weren't going to get anywhere. Um, the score... Very much of its time. <laughs> Not a fan? A lot of synth. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Someone just jamming their fingers in there. Didn't really work for me. Look, it works on Stranger Things. It does, but that's done well. I just feel, and, you know, the effects... Shaky. I just think they're badly dated. Shit. And, and the look, worst look one, yeah, they yeah, are badly dated... Looking at them now. I you mean, know the shit. worst one for me is the first time Dandridge changes to a vampire in Charlie's room? Yeah. Looks like a paper mache head or yeah. something. Yeah. That that, um, that 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 was terrible. That was a really badly designed vampire yeah, too. Which is disappointing because Ed Evil Ed looks excellent when he turns. Because what's wrong with just a simple uh teeth? Well he kind of just has the eyes and the teeth and Yeah. And the hands. Yep. That could have been his monsterish sort of thing. And Dandridge doesn't look as bad, for mine, he doesn't look as bad again in the movie. Well, they kind of, they smarten up. Yeah. And they keep him in the low light and stuff later. They Um, they don't show him so overtly like they do the first time. Yeah. And he looks terrible. You didn't like the wide mouth. No. Grin on Amanda. I actually really dug that. Oh, no, look, she looked better, but again, they didn't overdo all this prosthetic. Yeah, yeah. Because Dandridge's whole head was done. Yeah, well, she started with the eyes and the teeth as well, but then she went to the wide mouth. Yeah, but still, her eyes That was better. The the wolf stuff was good. They screwed the the pooch at the end, too, because the the guy, his his minion dude, on the stairs when he's coming apart, that was kind of. Up and down. That mm. had some really cool looking parts. And as I said, I like the kind of corny element to it as, again, homage to the, the, the monster films. But there was a couple of parts where it just, it did just look like a skeleton. With and a I think that when Dandridge dies at the end, he burns up, doesn't he? Or he explodes. Yeah, or something like that. That looks pretty bad. Like yep. they've got. Of the time. They went overboard. And then, look, yeah, look, it's, it's easy to say they're ambitious. Yeah, it's, it's very ambitious for the 80s, and it's dated just strictly from looking at it now. I mean, it, yeah. it wouldn't cut the mustard now, 
But oh well, shit. Some of the CGI is <laughs> no, it's no better. So I shouldn't really. Yeah, so um, you know, we're still prone to some of that. One other thing I had, and this isn't really a dislike. It's kind of a a why. Yep. You've gone to the cops. You've gone to your friends. I I just I'm not sure why you would approach Peter Vincent. In the sense that you know he's an actor, yeah. you know it's a it's it's a it's a show on telly, and he talks about the speech he gives. Yeah, and I'm like, but that's a script. You sh- you know that. Like yeah, it's not like it's, it's it's this is like WWE. You know, yeah. back in the day, <laughs> yeah, we knew it wrong. wasn't real, but we're rolling <laughs> with it. You know, we're rolling with it. Yeah, and it just um, kind of strains credibility a little bit that you would go to Peter Vincent. Yeah, as right. much as he's on the telly. I'm not going to a guy on TV. It's, not, it's like knocking on the Undertaker's door yeah. and saying, "How do you how do you gather those powers <laughs> from the urn, and how do you sort of raise from the dead when you've been <laughs> knocked out, and all this sort of like?" And the the Undertaker's you know, like, just like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah it's sort of uh, you're right. It's kind of like it's a last resort, but it never comes across as that. No, it comes across as he. This is a legitimate hope for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm. It, I'm I'm calling this guy in because he knows something. Yeah. But he doesn't, mate, and you know this. And it kind of, it probably would have worked better if he did start start to question his sanity a little bit and then that kind of, that kind of works. Like when he's fucking watching the TV and thinking that might be legit. Like it's That's why. There's a connection there that could have been fleshed out a little bit. That's also why the remake works better. Mm. Because... Peter Vincent in the remake was a magician yeah. who had a interest in the occult, I think was what his connection was. He had it bought all these pieces and all this sort of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was a legitimate possible reason that Vincent believed this shit. You were you're sounding on the on the side of you possibly like the remake. I liked yeah, the remake. The, I thought, I the, thought remake the remake was really good. I yeah. thought they got they got it they ironed out some of the issues. Yeah. Without losing the tone and the and the because they went away from the hammer horror tone, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I just I just don't really buy into the Peter Vincent stuff. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's like thinking Elvira <laughs> might be able to help me out. You know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I understand mental illness might get you there. Yeah. But but they never portrayed Charlie as mentally ill. No, and they never. I guess this is what I'm saying. They they kind of if they had have gone down that angle that he was sort of at a at a at a loss at a last resort and questioning what was real and thinking, well, fuck, I'm seeing a vampire, so maybe he is real. Mm. That's where it kind of works, but it never sort of feels like that. Yeah, never sort of. I'm assuming maybe that's where they were going. Like you can see why, but it doesn't quite do that. They, they just the didn't quite get it across. Yeah, there could have been other ways to do it with Vincent, maybe you know, a fan letter or a, you know something like that. And Vincent just turns up, yeah, thinking it's a gig, you know, yeah, and it's an yeah. easy gig. It could have potentially worked that way. Yeah, I think what you're what you're saying is what they were trying to do. Yeah, but it didn't come across at it all. It was just sort of. Because he goes and sees him, remember? He goes and sees him at the back lot. He's acting like a loony. Yeah. <laughs> at the back lot, where they film this stuff, which yeah. then tells me, well, Charlie's well aware that this isn't this real. Is <laughs> so why are you there? Yeah, which which kind of plays into the 
Peter Vincent, he starts thinking Peter Vincent actually does know vampires exist. Yeah. But then sort of, yeah. I don't but know. you won't tell your mum. No, no. But you'll tell the stranger who does some bullshit horror show on, late at night. That's more gay subtext. You don't <laughs> want to tell your mum, but you talk to the old gay man who's got dealings with this. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah, it didn't ring true for me. That's all. Okay. I, I'm not sure if it was a dislike, but it was just kind of like I didn't really buy into it. I've got another why. It's not really a dislike, but it's another big why. <laughs> Dandridge seems like a pretty smart operator. He's got his he's got his ducks in a row. Well, you think, yeah. Um, he's certainly got his apples in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he likes his apples. <laughs> he's, uh, he's an apple guy. I would have thought he could have found a house with no... Basement windows, or where they end up in the attic, don't they? I could, I thought it was the basement, but then because yeah. you see the dude painting the basement windows yeah. black, maybe it was the attic at the end. I but, saw it, when I looked at it at the end, I see that, that it's like it seems like the A frame yeah. at the top of the house. But also, um, you'd think he would not stand in front of an open window with a nude bird and bite no. in there. And the thing is, if you've got this bloke doing your bidding. For such a smart operator and a bloke who really... That's one of your key... That's one of your key problems, is sunlight. I don't think a bit of black paint's cutting it no. for me. No, I you need some blackout curtains. You need some blackout... Just brick the fucking... <laughs> Listen, mate, can you grab a couple of bricks? A couple of boards. Yeah. Bloody screw a couple nail of boards. Up, yeah. No, no, um, just a bit of black paint will do. Mm. So then down the stretch... We can bust oh, the window. Bang. Like, it's it's fairly convenient. And as I said, I still enjoy that scene because it looks really cool. And But, yeah, I just thought for a bloke who's... Um, Really got very few weaknesses in life. You would probably, you'd probably take it. You'd take your time uh, sorting that one out. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, any other no, no, dislikes was, or whys? No, that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, look, it's an enjoyable flick, but I just felt a little bit let down this time. A little bit cold. It's a little bit like you know, speaking about Tom Holland again. It's a little bit like Child's Play. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Child's Play again, and obviously, you know, that possibly will come up on here um, in the future. Mm. I remember watching Child's Play again a couple of years ago and just sort of being thoroughly underwhelmed and thinking, I remember loving this movie. Yeah. It's not like Night of the Creeps. that I can. It's made in the exact same era yeah. as these, and I love Night of the Creeps. You just love that because of Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of collegiate tomfoolery. <laughs> Care to comment? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think Creeps works more because of the comedy. The comedy yeah. stuff works. It Whereas, is a very similar movie too yeah. because it's a kind of homage to monster, yeah, yeah. monster flicks and invasion. You know, but it, it seems to work better for some reason. Yeah. I just feel this doesn't sort of stand up. Maybe I had higher... I was higher on it. Possibly. Back in the day, and I, I just looking back on it again, I just didn't feel that way. And and the remake, I I really I was really impressed by. Yeah, the remake was cool. It sort of came and went too, like it yeah. didn't really. I actually saw the second one too, and I've got to say this is one of the most confusing continuities of a film series that I've ever come across because the we second get, one, the second one's the same story in. Isn't it Fright Night and then Fright Night 2 is like repeating the same story? Pretty much. And then the remakes do the same thing. The remake has, you know, Colin Farrell doing this one. And then the second 
remake is the remake Fright Night Two. Is it a woman? Is the same story, but the Dandridge character is a woman. But the one, the thing I did like about that, although it didn't really work in the end, is that Peter Vincent is like one of those ghost hunters with the found footage TV shows. And yeah. Stuff. So they, the funny thing is, they kind of keep finding ways to make Peter Vincent. Interesting, interesting, but no one else. But you've essentially remade this movie four times. Sorry, you've re- you've made the movie and then remade it three times. But it's Fright Night one, two, and then remake Fright Night one and two. Yeah. But it's all the same setup. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Can you explain that? To I me? cannot. I, I don't cannot. understand it. I cannot. But look, I thought the remake got a lot more right, and yeah. they had time to look at it and you work to do a out head to head, mate. Maybe. The head episode. Maybe. That, that's, that'll do it for me. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I've got it covered there. Uh, thanks for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Next episode. Now, Ali got in touch with us again. Hadn't heard from him in a while. Threw up a couple of real winners for our next two. Mm-hmm. The Carpenter Double. The Carpenter Double. John Carpenter Double. Big Trouble in Little China. Followed by They Live. Yep. I have not seen either film for a long time. I actually, and as a Carpenter fan, I'm almost ashamed to admit I only saw They Live for the first time last year. Did you? Yeah. So you've got recent yeah. knowledge of They Live. I watched Big Trouble about uh, the same time. Um, they Live, my recollections of They Live was it was criminally underrated. Yeah. A big Trouble is... It was good fun, if yep. I remember rightly. And this is different Carpenter. Yeah. This is away from what we knew him, we know of him. You know, The Thing and Halloween are probably what he's best known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, vampires. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Ghost of Mars. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of The Fog, too. Oh, The Fog, yeah. yeah. So uh, this is away from those type of pictures. So it'll be really interesting um, Interesting to look back on these two. And it's mm. a really Really good choice for Mally. A couple of real gems. So we look forward to knocking them out. Hopefully Gibbo will be back. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.